2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9, I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but we are not destroyed. For a few moments, I want to preach on this subject. He touched me. Now, I know when I say that, you automatically go to this, the old song, He touched me. Oh, he touched me. I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about he touched me, but he couldn't kill me. This church has been touched lately, but thank God he was not able to kill us. He was not able to take us down. He was not able to take us out. It's all right. You can touch me all day long, Satan. But guess what? You don't have the power nor the authority to kill me. Somebody, if you're here today and you've been through it, he's touched your body and he's put you through some stuff. I want you to worship God because God allowed him to touch you. But God said, you will not kill my people. You will not take my church out. You do not have the power and the authority to do what you you want to do you can only touch them hallelujah look at your neighbor and say he touched me but he can't kill me you can be seated this morning I woke up early and as I always do on Sunday mornings to make sure my notes are in place and prepared for the sermon and um I went downstairs and went into prayer, and as I got into prayer, I, my head started hurting. I got a horrible headache, and what in the world? And I, as, I was, as I was praying, I uh, got a little short of breath, and, and uh, I'm going to be very transparent with you this morning. There was, uh, there was some fear that started coming over me, and, and there was this little voice that said, your heart won't be able to take this. And I sat there and just thought on it for a moment. And I thought, this isn't good. Because I don't, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm still weak. I'm still a little tired. I, I wear down really quick. I do. I'm still trying to recover. And when this thought came in, it said, oh, your heart might not be able to handle this. I, I don't know if it's going to make it or not. And I just sat there, and, and then I, I opened up my phone where my notes are at. And when I opened up my phone, it instantly opened up to my pages uh, uh, my notes and my notes popped up I just read he touched me but he couldn't kill me and you know what I did here's what I did and I think we need to practice this a little more and if parents if you teach your kids this word that they shouldn't say it I apologize in advance you can tell them afterwards don't say this at home pastor says it from the pulpit I said shut up devil shut your mouth you don't even have the power and authority to take me out I think there's some times in our life we just need to put our feet in the ground and say, shut your mouth. I don't want to hear what you have to say. You can tell me all day long, but guess what? You weren't the creator of this heart. You weren't the creator of this body. You don't put the, you don't put the breath of my lungs. Come on. You can't take me out. 
somebody this morning you're facing sickness or your family's facing sickness, you need to take a break right now and give God some praise and say, he can touch me, but my God says he can't kill me. Just shout out, shut up, devil. Mm, that felt good. That feels good. Just take authority over him. Put him in his place. I'll tell you something that's good in these situations I've remembered is that uh, when you're going through something is to slow down and to remember some of your past victories. And then you, I like, always like to, this is going to be a, hell's going to have a bad day today. I'm just going to stomp all over him today. All right. Uh, I, I like to stop sometimes and remember my, my, my past victories. And then I like, to, I like to ask Satan, what's your past victories? I'll wait on you. No, don't have any? That's right. I like to remind him, you don't have any past victories. And there's nothing in the future waiting for you that looks good either. You see, the people of Israel were delivered from Egypt to only be stopped at the Red Sea. Their momentum came to a halt. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine being released? And I mean, they're just, they're finally, here we go. We're going to the promised land. Here we go. This is going to happen. And then they keep walking. And then could you imagine you're talking to the person next to you and you're like bumping the person in front of you? Like, why aren't you moving? Kind of a, a sea in front of us. There's a problem here. Um, our momentum has stopped, and this victory did not last very long. Freedom, it looked like their freedom was only going to be short-lived. That they were all about to die at the swords of the Egyptian of the soldiers because they knew that they were coming. He changed his mind. He said, I'm not just going to let them go. We're going to go and we're going to slay them all. Well, what no better setup for the, for the enemy than for them to be blocked up against the sea. They had no place to go. The enemy was looking at this as an opportunity to completely destroy God's people. The enemy looked at it as God had set up his people for a false And I want us to understand this morning that God will never set you up for false hope. If God says he's taking you somewhere, you better be prepared for where he's taking you. If he said we're going, as I love the story about when the disciples get in the boat with him and he said, get in, we're going to the other side. And then the storm comes up and they're all in a panic. I mean, they are just like, we're, we're going to die. The spirit of fear grips them. These spirits we're dealing with are not new, just to let you know. When the storms come, they begin to rage. They begin, the ones who walked with him and were with him, they begin to panic. And they said, what do we do? What are we going to do? This is it. We're going to die right here in this boat. And they wake Jesus up, and he comes out and says, peace be still." And probably just went back to bed. Oh, you have a little faith? If you would back up and read the, the verse where he says, get in the boat 
we're going to the other side. Should have been enough for them to say, this storm ain't going to take us out. This storm might touch us. It might shake us up a little bit. But Jesus said, we're going there. And if he said, we're going there... Listen, COVID might have slowed us down a little bit, but if Jesus said revival's coming, revival's coming. If Jesus said you're going to build a brand new church, we're going to build a brand new church. If Jesus said you're going to have souls like never before, I promise you, he does not back up on his word. When he says it, it shall happen. If he spoke to you, heal it in your body. You might not have it yet, but I promise you, get in the boat. The storm might come, but he said that's where we're going. If he said we're going there, then you're going there. Too many times we question, we question him. Too many times. And we, and we can see here that the, the Israelites, are, I, I, you know there was a lot of grumbling and complaining. A lot of, whoo, oh Moses, my goodness. That poor man. He used the rod to part the. Waters, I think I might have used the rod for something else. <laughs> Shut up. Speak life. I'm just kidding. Maybe. Bishop Stark was walking in my office the other day. The board will appreciate this. And I have a barrel. has some umbrellas in it. has a sword in it. It has two baseball bats. Why? I don't know. I don't know where they came from. But I got four kids, so. But the baseball bats, Bishop Stark stopped and grabbed them, and he just stood there. And I'm like, get ready to start. Go. And he looks back, he goes, board meetings. I said, that's how I get things done around here, Bishop Stark. <laughs> oh. But poor Moses, can you imagine? He steps out and does something he didn't want to do in the first place. He said, I don't want to go before Pharaoh. I don't want to do this. Why me, God? Why me? But he does it anyways, and then he's, here we are at the Red Sea. Now you're blocked. you got no place to go. No place to go. But thank the Lord. Moses wasn't re relying on himself, his own talent. He said, listen, I know that we've come to a stop, but God. He said, the enemy sees this as an opportunity to take us out. But God sees this as an opportunity to show off his power. God sees this as an opportunity to put a miracle in your life. God sees this. We, we look at things too quick and we judge too quick. That Oh my goodness, how could God let this happen? Maybe sometimes God lets things happen so he can remind you who he is. And he can remind you how powerful he is. Or maybe he can give you a testimony you can go save somebody else with. Because God did this for me. He can do it for you. It was an opportunity of faith, an opportunity of faith. You see, that's why it matters that the eyes that you're using to see uh, uh, when hell comes to kill and try to destroy you. It, it matters if you're looking through your fleshly eyes or if you're looking through your spiritual eyes because I promise you, you will see two different things. 
if you're prayed up and you're fasting, you're where you need to be spiritually, that when you look at a situation and you're looking at it through the perspective of God, you'll look at it as, oh, I see what you're doing here. I'm okay with that. That's why I don't, I don't remember Moses complaining. He went to prayer. God, what do I do? What do I do? I mean, he already proved, God already proven himself to him. That I'll take care of you. Go before prayer. I'll take care of you. Just take that rod with you. I'll take care of you. I'll show you what I can do. And we see here, that, and now we understand that Pharaoh brought out all his, all his magicians, and he said, and they, they basically copycatted the same thing. The only thing they couldn't copycat, they couldn't take away life. They couldn't kill anybody. They don't have the power nor the authority to do so. And then they got to the Red Sea. I don't ever remember reading anywhere that the magicians came up and parted the Red Sea. There's some things that you can't fake. Faith is one of those. Miracles is another. So when hell is bothering you, be careful how you're looking at it. Because the enemy saw it as death, but God saw this as life. Because for 430 years, the Egyptians beat these people. They abused these people. The enemy touched God's people for 430 years. But even when they had them backed up against a wall, they still couldn't kill them. So he'll touch you all day long. But just be reminded that he can't kill you. Go to Mark 5, verses 1 through 9. It says, and they came to the other side. They came to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even the chain, because he had, had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran. Everybody say he ran. And worshipped him. He ran and he worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. And then he asked, What is your name? And he answered saying, My name is Legion. We 
are an army. I'm talking about the spiritual realm here. Demonic possessed man that has spirits in him. And he said, my name is Legion. Which if you study Legion, it is a number between 3,000 and 6,000. This man had 3,000 to 6,000 demons in him. 3,000 demons were allowed to touch him and mess with him and torment him and make him cry out and make the people around them couldn't stand him. They were scared of him. 3,000 to 6,000. You see, but here's the thing. Even though they were allowed to touch him, Jesus had already predestined an appointment with him. And that's why he said, let us go to the other side. He knew what was coming. He allowed them a season to torment him. But when the man began to worship Jesus, listen, you can sit here today and say, you know what, Pastor? I just don't feel like worshiping. I'm just facing too much. I don't feel like being involved. I'm going to sit here in the empty section. That will be full soon. Speak that in Jesus' name. You know, there's people that come in, they just do this. Yeah, it's a good song. It's not moving me, though. If you'd have done this song, I'd have moved. It's not fast enough. No, you didn't do throne room song. When you get to that bridge, I, that always, I'll go to the altar and hit my knees, but not today. I'm just facing too much. No. Nope. Life's too hard. Family's sick. My family's sick. Sister Amanda, you could have used that today. You could have said, you know what, my husband's in the hospital. Nope, I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like doing anything. Nope, uh-uh. Nope, because things aren't going my way. So I'm just going to sit right here. I'm going to sit on God. I'm going to sit and worship. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to move at all. But do you understand that... Three to 6,000 demons could not stop a man from worshiping God when it was in his heart. Because he said, if I can just get to him, if I can just get to him, and it might have been a fight, but he said, if I can just get to him, I know everything's going to be okay. And the demons were shaking in their boots, but they said, don't torment us. And he said, if I can just get to Jesus. And when he got to him, he began to worship. And when he began to worship, Jesus said, leave this man now. I'm telling you, I don't care what you're facing this morning. My God's big enough. If you worship him in the midst of this, I know Satan's touching you and touching your family, but he cannot kill you. We need to worship. We need to worship more than 10 seconds. We need to worship more. Can we come on? Can you give 30 seconds? Can we all stand all over this place right now? Every one of us stand up. Come on, if you're not going to worship for yourself, worship for Dusty today. Worship for Tracy today. Worship for Paul today. Somebody's got to get to Jesus. Because when you get there, he'll take care of everything. He'll take care of everything. Come on, somebody, just take a praise break. It's all right. Go ahead and take a praise break this morning.
Come on, God's wanting to do things for you. There's things you're facing you don't even realize you're facing. But God's going to handle it this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Somebody needs to step out right now. Somebody needs to take that word. Come on, step out right now. Come on, step out right now physically. Physically step out. Physically step out of your pew right now. Come on, you know it. Bring it. Bring it to an altar. Come on, God's waiting. God's waiting on you. Step out. Say, restore my faith, oh God. Restore my belief, oh God. Restore my belief, oh God. Oh, come on, let's lift our hands all over this place right now. God's moving and working in a mighty way. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Come on, Satan's been trying to tell you, uh, you won't survive this one. You won't make this one. Come on. Uh, so he's been trying to talk you out of it. Uh, he's been trying to plant fear uh, and anxiety and depression uh, in your mind. I want somebody to speak against it right now. Uh, I want somebody to speak against it right now. Uh, use that apostolic authority. Uh, come on and speak against it right now. Uh, God, I come against, Lord, uh, God, the spirit uh, of fear right now in this place. Uh, God, I come against it and speak against the spirit uh, of anxiety and depression, Lord. Uh, God, I right here, right now, Lord, uh, God is a shepherd of this flock. 
want, Lord. I stand up and take apostolic authority over it right now. And I bind it in the name of Jesus. God, I bind it here on earth. It shall be bound in heaven, Lord. God, loosen right now. Peace of mind, Lord. Joy in their hearts, Lord. God, in belief, Lord. Release it right now in this place. In the name of Jesus. Let it be done now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Arrondo corrata y andolo lo sia. Arriato corrata y andolo lo lo sia. Y a la no curro todo lo que está y andolo lo lo sia. Ay a todo lo currata y andolo lo 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 sia. Come on, let that fight out. All hell's been fighting against you. What would happen if you turned around and fought against hell? Come on with your praise and with your worship and crying out from down deep. Come on with the spirit of God that's within you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Let me get your attention just for a second. We're going to go right back into this. We're going to go right back into this. Hell's pushed the wrong number this time. He's pushed the wrong buttons this time. I want to remind you of something. In the beginning of this story to preach a message like this, you would typically, people would go to Job. One thing about the whole story of Job that, that stuck out to me, this is the greatest part. When everything began to take place for Job, began to lose everything, it says Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground and worshipped. He didn't curse God. He didn't blame God. He said, God, I worship you. Even though hell has touched me, Satan has touched me, but you have not allowed him to kill me. But there began a battle begin to take place. And I'm telling you right now, because hell has touched you and your family, there should be some anger inside of you to say, who do you think you are? Because scripture tells me that he is nothing more than just a lackey. You know what a lackey is? A, a lackey is a servant. He's a servant on a chain. And when he goes too far, the God of all gods yanks his chain and says, you've gone too far. You've been wearing yourself down fighting a fight over someone who does not have the power or the ability or authority 
to do what he says he's going to do to you. There was a hedge of protection around Job. And what happened, Brother Gibbs preached this here, that the hedge was actually just moved in a little bit and moved in a little more and just a little more. But when it got to Job, God said, you're done. You can't touch him. He's mine. Don't touch him. I can tell you the enemy has been pushing back and saying, God, just a little more. But you know what stuck out to me the most about this? Is God is the one who said, have you considered my servant? I believe there was a time when God said, have you considered my people in Athens? Have you considered... My church in Athens. Have you considered Life Point Pentecostals in Athens? And I'm telling you, he pushed and he pushed back and pushed back. And he touched us and he made us sick. He did what he wanted to do. But I'm telling you right now, God said, stop. You cannot kill them. You cannot take them out. You cannot kill the dreams. You cannot kill the revival. You cannot kill the promises. You cannot kill what I'm going to do to this church. So today, I think if you're in the altars already, you've been warring, you've been crying over your family. I want you to get ready to do that again. But I'm going to remind you of this real quick. This came to me early this morning after I told the devil to shut up. You can hear a lot more from the Lord when you tell the devil to shut up. He began to put these thoughts in my mind about David. And I was like, Lord, I'm not even going that direction in my message. David and Goliath, I'm not going that direction, Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm going over here. And he said... David, I was like, okay, but I'm not going that direction, God. I'm pretty sure he was like, just shut up and listen to me now. David, and I said, okay. So I went back to begin to read the story of David. And he said, look it up. When was David anointed? Was he anointed before or after he walked on the battlefield to face Goliath? He was anointed and given the kingly authority and anointing before he ever stepped on the battlefield with the enemy. That's why I believe that's why it says he ran to the battlefield. He ran with confidence and no fear. He said, today, and Goliath says, you don't even have a sword. How are you going to finish me off? It's okay. You're holding the one I'm going to use. It's okay. Not worried about that. God's given me what I need. I was already anointed for this years ago. So today you got to understand, you're here, you're full of the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized in His name. You've been anointed for this fight. You've been anointed to fight for your family, to fight for your kids. And I'm telling you right now, you need to cry out and pray as if the victory is already here. That's why David ran, because he knew I'm victorious already, because I come to you in the name of the Lord. He didn't even know the name. Today, we know the name. We can cry out in the name of Jesus. Leave my family alone. In the name of Jesus, you can touch me, but you can't kill me. In the name of Jesus, you can't kill my marriage. You can't kill my kids. You can't take them away from me. I wish 
this morning somebody uh, would run to an altar and would begin to cry out uh, and begin to war uh, and begin to intercede uh, right now and cry out with everything within you uh, for your lost loved ones, uh, for your kiddos, uh, for your marriage, uh, for this church, uh, for those who are sick this morning. Uh, come on, Sister Amanda, begin to war. Uh, begin to war for your husband this morning. Uh, begin to cry out and fight for him this morning uh, because the devil could touch him, but he cannot kill him. Come on, you're anointed for this fight. You've got everything you need with inside of you. You've got the Holy Ghost with inside of you. You don't need anything else. That's all the weapons that you need. Come on, if you're here this morning and you say, well, I'm not facing anything, then I ask you to come and find somebody who is. Find somebody who's facing something. Partner up with them. Partner up with somebody. Come, come, come pray for somebody. Come on, come pray for somebody the altars. Pray for somebody. Jesus, 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 Jesus.